found in the New Testament book, according to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10, verse 38 through 42. Very, very familiar verses of Scripture. Luke, chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. Coming from the King James Version, reads on this wise, says, Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And, he, and she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about with much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister have left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. Verse 42 says, but one thing is needful. And Mary had chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Our next uh, set of scriptures will come from another very familiar passage of scripture. Hebrews, the 11th chapter, verses 24 and 25. Very, very familiar verses of scripture. And it basically says, by faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Yes, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Amen. The grass withered, the flower faded away, but the word of the Lord shall stand forever. For a few moments, help of the good Lord and the aid of the Holy Spirit, I want to speak from the subject, the choice is yours. The choice is yours. In a few moments, a few days, if you haven't already, many of you are going to have to make a choice. Uh, election season is upon us. Uh, many of you are going to go into the ballot box and you're going to have to cast a vote. If you haven't done it at home, uh, you're going to have to go into your precinct and you're going to have to cast a vote. My brothers and sisters, the choice is yours. Uh, some of them call it decision moment. Uh, and we get to election night, they said decision day or whatever. But the choice is yours. And many times in life, my brothers and sisters, you have to make a choice. And I'm so glad, my brothers and sisters, when we look at this, these two uh, passages of scriptures, I was intrigued by the way it is described in Luke chapter number 10, uh, verses 38 through 42, because the Lord showed me something. He shed light on some situations. It's three people that we read about in the text um, from Luke uh, chapter number 10 and Hebrews chapter number 11. And he shows us that in this life, everybody have to make choices. Mm -hmm. 
When you woke up this morning, you made some choices. When you got here today, you made some choices. And even as you are listening to me speak right now, you're making some choices. Choices is something you can't get away from. You're always making choices. And so the title is The Choice is yours. I'm so excited about this. I'm so bubbly on the inside. I don't even know what to do with myself. Uh, as I was reading this, as I was getting excited, my brothers and sisters, I woke up at five o'clock this morning. I was so excited about what the Lord had put on my heart. I couldn't even sleep. I was so excited about sharing the good news of Jesus the Christ that I got up at five o'clock ready to preach to somebody about choices. Uh, Y'all in here with me? Look at it, my brothers and sisters. It's interesting uh, because Jesus, he was talking about uh, different things uh, in, in, in the chapter of Luke, chapter number 10, and he had just begun to talk about uh, uh, what had happened uh, with this, this man and how he was talking about the good Samaritan and how all these people had passed him by but a, a, a finally a good Samaritan showed some compassion and, and bound this man and, uh, and, and healed him and, and took care of him and made sure that no matter what he spent this good Samaritan would make sure that the debt was paid even though the priest came by and even though uh, the others came by they, 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 they went on the other side of the street Jesus had just finished talking about this and he finally found himself at the house of Martha and Mary it was interesting he, he, he said he, he entered into a certain village, which means that he could be anywhere. He entered into a certain village uh, and a certain woman by the name of Martha, listen to it, it's Martha's house. It's Martha's house. He, he's in Martha's house and her sister lives there with him. And, and he begins to contrast these two women. So let me get to my text real quick. I don't have a whole lot of time this morning, but I really want to point out a couple of things. And hopefully you will take some notes if you don't have uh, your app. A lot of people got on me last Sunday. And I didn't put out the notes in the app. So if you got your app, make sure you use your notes. Amen. Uh, here it is. I want to talk about number one, the circumstances in the contrast. Uh, the circumstances of the life of Mary and Martha give us a good uh, background for the incident of Christ. See, we got to see the home in the circumstance. The home, we see that uh, we, we get into the home of Mary and Martha. This is the first record of their home. We know that Jesus uh, frequently went to Mary and Martha's home because they had a brother by the name of Lazarus. And, and so we, we re realize that Martha is mentioned in this passage, but in the Gospel of John, we learn uh, about Lazarus, and he lived there as well. But not only do we see that that's the first record of the home, we realize the residence of this home. In the Gospel of John, we, we realize that this uh, home is actually in Bethany. 
And that's, that's interesting because Bethany is only two miles east of Jerusalem. This was a small village. Uh, and, and they received him there because we know that Jesus would go into Jerusalem. And so we realize that it's, it's the record of the home, it's the residence that we learn. But the ruler of the home is Martha. As I told you, she was the one that was in charge of this house. And so because she's the ruler of the house, House, it puts emphasis on Martha and Martha is clearly the mistress of the home and probably the elder sister and now she's she's the one that's calling the shots and so Martha receives Christ into her home so we see the home in this circumstance I want us to get the background of this text Amen. Are y'all with me in here? But then, not only we see the home, but the hospitality. She receives him. She shows some hospitality. Uh, to show Christ some hospitality, we, we would notice a couple of things. The price. What is the price of hospitality? Do people, when you receive somebody in your home, do you show some good hospitality? What, 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 is, what is the price? Uh, it, it, it takes food yeah. to entertain people. Uh, uh, if, if, if the disciples were with Christ, remember he had 12 of them. That means he, she would have had to make sure that she had enough food to feed the 12 disciples plus Christ, plus her sister, plus herself and her brother. Now, now, now you're talking about a whole bunch of people. But, but, but she, she, she still entertains him. She receives him. Not only, we got to look at the price, but the peril. Uh, if, if she receives Christ into the house, the peril that goes along with it, remember Christ is not liked. He's not like, so now she's also taking on some responsibility for bringing in somebody that's not liked into her house. So the question is, if, will you bring in somebody in your house that you know people don't like? Mm, Y'all got kind of quiet on me. Um, um, so, so now she, she's bringing him in and she knows that the religious leader, they don't like Christ. But she still offers the hospitality. Uh, so we, we see that there's a price. We see there's peril. But then there's profit. What is the profit from the hospitality? Opening their home to Christ was more profitable. As a result of opening their home to Christ, uh, they experienced his presence. They experienced his power. They experience his passion and they experience his blessing because remember one day their brother died. Oh, yeah, 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 I forgot. Yeah, 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 should have got excited about that. And, and they were the first one to see Christ's power on display because remember, uh, Mary was the one that said, Had you been here, my brother wouldn't have died. He, he said, you, you, you must have forgot who I am. Uh, but but I, I did what I did in order to really show you who I am. Lazarus, come forth. And, 
and, and that was all because of the hospitality that Mary and, and I mean that Martha showed long time ago and, and what Mary is doing in this text. I'm going to get there in just a second. So I just want to I want to share this nugget out to somebody out there in Facebook. I can see you. Uh, you want to know well, what, what, what happens? Well, see, you got to be careful who you entertain because you might entertain them this year, but 10 years down the road, they're going to be the one that bless you. You didn't know it right now. You didn't even know who they were, but 10 years down the road, that's going to be the person that's going to help you when you're in trouble. So be careful how you entertain a stranger because you might be entertaining an angel unaware. God sets up people special people in your life and you don't even know who they are. Um, there, there's people, there are some of y'all as members that I met before y'all even know I was a preacher. Y'all didn't even know I was a pastor, but God had already assigned me to come here to be a blessing to you. And that was some of y'all. I didn't know who y'all were, but God had already assigned y'all to be a blessing to me. So you got to be careful how you entertain people. Got to be careful how you treat people. Uh, let me hurry up. Let me hurry up. Uh, let's go to the second point. Not only I see the circumstance in the contrast, but watch the communing in the contrast. It says in verse number 39, uh, it says she had a sister called Mary who sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Pay attention to that one right there. She sat at his feet and heard his word. Yeah, yeah. This is where it gets confusing. Now, uh, in verse number 38, it says, Martha received them into the house, but Mary sat at his feet and listened to his words. Here's the contrast. See, Mary, she's the person in the community. She's one of three in the fairy uh, uh, of the family, but she was the most devoted to Christ because she was sitting at his feet. And, and she, she was listening to what he was saying. So she's the person, but she also had the promptness because when she recognized who Jesus was, she, she didn't get caught up in nothing else. She went right to where Jesus was and sat at his feet. So she's the person and she also have some promptness. And so whenever we hear the word of God, we need to react quickly. But some of us are slow to respond to the word of God. And so the promptness to hear God's word shows a sign of a good steward. You should be slow to speak, but quick to hear. Not only do we see the promptness, but we see the position. She didn't try to stand face to face with Jesus. She lowered herself to his feet. Sitting at one's feet uh, in, in this uh, posture was a posture back in those days was the posture of a learner. In those days, she sat down, crisscross applesauce. Y'all know what we do with the kindergartners. We tell them, sit down, crisscross applesauce so that they can learn. Are y'all praying with me? I wish I had some help up in here. And, and that means that she was interested in what Jesus was saying. So now, here comes the problem. Martha said, this is my house. I done welcomed Jesus in. 
I got my sister here with me, and she's sitting down. Got all these disciples. I got to feed. She's sitting down. So now, point number three, hit it for me, Anaya. Point number three, I see the complaining in the contrast. There's always going to be some complaining with siblings. God bless them. I love my siblings. Amen. But siblings teach you how to complain. Amen. You got to love them anyway. The complaining in the contrast. But look what it says in verse number 40. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, does thou not care that my sister have left me? Y'all got to see it. I'm getting excited right here. She left me, Lord. Look at it. You got to look at the text. She left me to serve alone. Make her. He said, she says, bid. That means make. Make her, therefore, that she help me. I know you are guests in my house. But you can make my sister help me because I can't make her do nothing. She's lazy and she's slothful and she want to sit down and do nothing. Make her get up from right there and come in. I, I, if I had time, I'd really tell you what she's really saying, but I don't have time today. We're going to stay right here. I really would tell you what she's saying. All those men in here, she want to sit down. Get, make her get up. Let me come back. Let me, let me get with the complaint right here. So, so the contrast of the two sisters is the, the personalities within the faith, but this complaint about Martha was more than a personality difference. It was a difference in spiritual temperance. See, the complaint, it dishonored God. Lord, don't you care? Martha implied that Christ didn't care about her. But it was not Christ who didn't care, but it was Martha who had the caring problem. She didn't care enough about Christ's word. Not only did the complaint dishonor God, but the complaint divided the family. Look what she does. Look what she does. She, she complains. She said, my sister left me to serve alone. So she divides the family. If you are critical of God who is perfect, you will also be critical of man who's not perfect. Because she said, Lord, you don't even care. So this, 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 this criticism is not going to bring the family together. This criticism is going to continue to divide the family. And how, of us, how many of us can be honest and true with ourselves that have seen criticism divide our families? Help me, Holy Spirit. So this complaint not only dishonored God, but the complaint divided the family. And then third, the complaint discredited devotion. She says, my sister left me to serve alone. Bid her, therefore, that she help me. Mary had devotion to Christ. Martha did not come right out and say it, but she implied plainly that Mary's devotion to Christ was a problem. And some people, and some of us, and some of you, and some of you out there on YouTube and Facebook have family members that say you go to church too much. Too much Bible study. Too much devotion. And you don't have enough time for us 
Because you got too much going on at church. And it's divided the family. Truth of the matter is, those who are definitely, especially devoted to the Lord, will often have their devotion criticized by others who are less devoted to the law. Sad reality, but it's true. You, you start getting devoted, you start going to stuff, you start trying to get your life right, people start criticizing. And that's what you see right here in this house with Mary and Martha. But then, as I hurry on the complaint dignified self, bid her, make her, come help me. Because what I'm doing is more important than what she's doing. You can turn on YouTube and Facebook anytime and listen to old Reverend Zachary. You don't have to do it right now. You, you, you can go to church anytime. We got COVID going on. Football game on right now, it ain't coming back on. We need to watch it right now. Are y'all praying with me? Y'all don't want to hear the truth, but that's, that's what happens. Little league soccer, little league basketball, little league football is going on right now. We got to do this now. We have time for church at 8 o'clock, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, 1 o'clock. What's wrong with those preachers? Don't they know the world has changed? Let me, let me come back. Martha complaint was very selfish. She made herself more important than Christ. And was so selfish that she did not hesitate to interrupt. Can you imagine? Jesus Christ is in your house teaching and all of a sudden you just bust in and say all right enough of that I'm in the kitchen sweating cooking some collard green ham hocks and cornbread for all 15 of y'all and my helper sitting down at your feet now we ain't gonna have that I know you're saying you're a healer and you all of that, but uh, can, can you be a miracle worker and say something and make this cornbread rise? Um, I need some help up in here. Can you imagine? That's what she did. But here it is. Verse number 41, 42, and we're going to get out of here. We're about, we about to take off. The counseling he gives her. Look at the counseling. This should help somebody in here. And I got to get out of here. But he says, Martha, Martha. And anytime God calls your name twice, y'all know when anytime mom or daddy call your name twice, it's in trouble. He says, Martha, Martha. That means let me get your attention. He gives some passion for the counseling. He says, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many yes, things. And that lets us know the problem for the counseling. Uh, Jesus answered and said unto her, thou art careful and troubled about many things, 
the problem was not some form of gross uh, evil such as uh, murder or adultery or anything like that. What he was saying is that you're distracted. Uh -huh. um, he said that you're disturbed. Uh, and she said that you're, you're worried and you're, and you're troubled about too many things. You're, you're upset because you're more interested in your kitchen duties uh, than communion with Christ. He says, Martha, Martha, do you realize who's in your house? I, I know you're trying to feed me, but Martha, I'm in your house. I am the bread of life. But you weren't about the kitchen. Martha, Martha. He, he, he begins to give her the problem for the counseling, but he also gives her the priority in the counseling. He says, but one thing is needful. He, he tells us that uh, Mary has chosen the good part. In other words, he's saying, I'm not saying that you shouldn't take care of your kitchen. He's not saying that you shouldn't take care of your house. He says, but I'm just saying that you got your priorities in the wrong place. And, and it seems that Mary has chosen the right thing. Because the Bible says, uh, what should profit a man if he gains the whole wide world and, and lose his soul? He said, the thing that you need is standing right in front of you and you've turned your back on it and went into the room. Uh, if Jesus shows up in your house. Uh, nothing else is important. Uh, everything else can wait uh, while Jesus is there. And that's what I'm trying to tell somebody is that everything else can be put on hold uh, when Jesus shows up. Uh, when you go to church, uh, everything else can be put on hold. Uh, I don't care if you got bills to pay. Uh, I don't care if you got a medical problem. Uh, when Jesus shows up, uh, everything else got to be put on hold. Uh, because the answer is standing right in front of you. And that's why he said, Martha, Martha, I gotta tell you, baby, I understand that you're the world's top shelf. I understand you got the best chicken anybody can find. I realize that the meat fall off the bone, but I'm standing right here and I can give you something you never had before. I realize that you make the best wine, but I know how to turn water in the wine. I'm right here in the house, and your sister Mary has chosen the best part, and it shall not be taken away from her. And that's what he was trying to tell her. He says, when she sat down at my feet, she began to hear my word. Y'all know what happens with the word. He said, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall stand forever. Do I have a witness? And I come to testify today that some things in this life are not as important as we make them seem to be. Because when you're lying on your deathbed, you won't worry 
about all the stuff that you accumulated. The one thing you're going to be worried about is to hear his voice. Say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Let me get out of here when I get to Hebrews at the 11th chapter, verse 24 and 25. It's about choices. Let me hit the last slide. And I got to bid you a good day. When we get to Hebrews, verse 11, 24 and 25, it says Moses, he made a choice. He says, I refuse to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. And that's what I want to tell somebody, that you got to make choices. He didn't do what other people did. He didn't stay where he was. So the six things that I want to run down to you about what Moses did because he had the presence of faith. He refused to make a choice to do the wrong thing. And I want to know today, does anybody have faith? I mean the type of faith that'll make you stand when you want to sit down. Is there anybody in the house today that says, I got enough faith to keep on marching when my feet is hurting, but I know I'll make it somehow because the Lord will make a way somehow. You see, when you got faith, you cannot blame your spiritual failures or excuses on what everybody else is doing because Moses, his parents, allowed him to make it through even though the other boys were being drowned in the Nile River. But they had enough faith to say, not my baby boy, I'm going to save him because I believe come hell or high water, I got enough faith to protect him. That is the presence of faith. But I got another one for you. The preference of faith. Yes. It says by faith he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Choosing rather is there anybody in here that's going to choose some stuff? It prefers the spiritual over the fleshly. It prefers eternal gain over temporal gain. You see what Moses did? He said, I'd rather be identified with God's people instead of the people in the palace. Do I have a witness? You see, flesh wouldn't have made that decision. He says, the flesh would have said, I'm sitting on the throne. I got somebody bringing me grapes. I got somebody fanning me. I'm not giving that up to walk around in the desert. You must be crazy. But faith says, this is only temporary. I got a new home and the streets are paved with gold. I'm giving this up right now. But catch me later and you will see like the old folks say, I got a mansion over there in glory. He said, I got 
out of preference. But the next thing I see, if you're going to choose, there's a pain for fate. He says, I choose to suffer affliction. You see, when you make a choice for the right thing, sometimes, Sister Vicky, it hurts. It hurts real deep. It hurts real bad. And some nights, you gotta cry. Your tears will soak up your pillow. But Moses said, I'll cry my tears and I'll bottle them up and I'll keep them with me. I'll hold on to them. And one day, I'll take my tears and give them to Jesus because he said he's gonna wipe all of my tears away. That's the pain for my faith. I got another one that didn't get you. I see the people of faith. He says, I'll choose to suffer affliction with the people of God. And I'm so glad that I woke up at five o'clock in the morning because I said, I'm going to be with my people. And now I got my posse. Look at all my folks. I'm up here with my people. I got my crew and I'm feeling good. And I'll suffer with all of y'all because I believe I got some faith walkers. I believe I got some faith talkers. And I believe we can overcome because the Bible told me greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. Is there anybody in here today that can testify you can suffer a little bit better when you got the people of God on your side? Well, help them out, Reverend Zachary. I will five yourself. Well, since you got the people, what happens? You get the purity of faith. Well, what does that mean? It says when you suffer the affliction with the people of God, you can do it because when you enjoy the pleasures of sin, it only lasts for a season. Wait a minute. You mean to tell me all that stuff that they try to give me on the outside will only last for a season? Yeah, that's right. Well, the stuff that I get on this side will last for eternity. Yeah, that's right. Well, I think I want to go on this side and to eternity. Is there anybody in the house today that want to go to the other side? They told me that the Jordan River was chilly and cold. It chilled my body, but it didn't chill my soul. Is there anybody going to the 
to you. Weeping. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy. I wish I had some happy folk up in here. I wish I had about three happy folk I made for that'll jump on their feet and say weeping may endure for a night, but joy coming in the morning. Ain't the Lord all right? I say ain't the Lord all right because you got faith. You can make a good choice. And since I got a close, I've been on here too long. I'm a shout in the car. I'm a dance in my house. I'm a feel good all day because the choice is mine. I made a choice a long time ago to serve the Lord with everything I got. And the choice is mine. And the choice is yours. And just like Joshua told his family, choose this day who you're going to serve. But as for me, y'all ain't got with me. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. The reason why I serve him, because he's able, because he's better than better, because he's able, and he's better than better, because he's awesome, and he's almighty, he's alpha, he has already done more than I can do for myself. Is there anybody that says, as for me and my house, we sins as our praise team comes you need to accept him as your personal savior I'm going to ask Reverend Percival to come and give the invitation